Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today, Rabotai, is sponsored loving memory of Shuli Abadi. Leah Shalom, Lilui Nishmat, Rahel Bat Mazal, Fortune. Leah Shalom, sponsored by her brother Rabbi Eli Abadi. The cold brew uh, is in loving memory of Lilui Nishmat, Mordechai Ben Rivka, Alava Shalom, sponsored anonymously. Please make the Be'achot, Lilui Nishmatam. Rabotai, one of the most beautiful openings to a parasha as it is understood by our Hazal, by our rabbis, is this week's parasha. If a person will only listen, it will be because you listen. To these, uh, to these mitzvot, which we understand the reasons for them. And you will guard and you will do them. It cannot be lost upon us, this confluence of these two concepts. If you will guard the mitzvot, Hashem says, I will guard you. There's some sort of midah keneged midah. And I, first thing I always think about before I even walk into the most obvious, the most beautiful opening of the parasha is this concept that we, in a certain effect, can ma- manifest God's uh, treatment of us through our specific actions. So vishamarta, you're going to guard the mitzvah, then it's vishamar. Sometimes people come and they tell you, Rabbi, what should I do? I want to go get a biracha from somebody. You know, maybe there's a rabbi, maybe someone's in town, maybe a mikubal, maybe a guy with a long beard, right? Maybe someone will give me a biracha because I'm having trouble in the, in the business. And I always think to myself, the words of the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim used to say, if God is giving you a biracha, you don't need anyone's biracha. If God doesn't want you to have any beracha, no one's beracha is going to help. So look in the Torah, and what does the Torah tell you to do? When the Torah tells you, do this and I'll give you a beracha, so then you know if you did that, you have God's beracha. We don't need to travel, batik, over here, over there, get this one's beracha, that one's beracha. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. With God, you always know what you're getting. Vishamarta, vishamar. You want HaKadosh Baruch to protect you from, I don't know, from Walmart? From this one, they're changing the rules, they're changing the game. So what do you need to do in order to be protected? Hashem says, guard my mitzvot. So what does it mean to guard a mitzvah? Now there are many examples of this exact expression in the Torah. In fact, specifically and linguistically, we find one specifically about the mitzvot. It says, Ushimartem et hamatzot, And you will guard the matzot. And the Gemara says, what do we learn from here? We learn from here. This limut of the Gemara always bothered me. You know why? Because of this week's parasha. Why do you need to go and make some sort of dirasha? Matzot, mitzvot, gematriah, the same thing. Why do you need to do that? If the parasha that we just read opens up exactly with those words, if you would only listen to the words of God, and what, what do you need to do in order to get that beracha, like we said? It says the words again and again. It seems that there's some sort of limud from the ushmartemet matzot that we needed to glean if we were trying to learn about the concept of guarding a mitzvah. You learn to guard a mitzvah from the way you learn to guard a matzah. Rav Hutner, in his Sefer Pahad Yitzchak, says something unbelievable. He says, it seems, not only is it a strangely mood of our rabbis, it seems also to be one that's unwarranted and unjustified. Barmenan. Why? Listen to what he says. He says, when a person guards a mitzvah, 
you do a mitzvah with extra credit. So what do you get if you do the mitzvah with extra credit? You get the mitzvah plus extra credit. If you, on the other hand, if you didn't guard the mitzvah, you just did the mitzvah without worrying about it, without putting up fences around it, you just did the mitzvah, you fulfilled the mitzvah. What happens if you don't guard the matzot? If you take too long, if you're not watching the, you know, what, goes, what comes in contact, it's not that you have the mitzvah without the extra credit of zirizut, of whatever. You lost the whole mitzvah. The mitzvah turned into chametz. Chametz on Pesach, God, God forbid, has a isur of karet. How could the rabbis explain and conflate ushmartemet ha-matzot to ushmartemet ha-mitzvot? And the answer that Rav Hutna gives is illuminating. He says that it is incumbent upon us to look at the fences that we put around mitzvot in the same way as the way we look at the shemirah that we have for the matzot. Don't be worried if I don't do the mitzvah like this, that I didn't get it, you know, A+. A person should rather think and be aware of the fact that if he doesn't guard the mitzvah properly, perhaps the whole mitzvah itself could disappear from right under his own nose. And let me give you a simple example of how this happens, Rabotai. Amen. That was a regular coffee, Sammy. So that was Leilu Nishmat Rahel Bat Mazal Fortuna. If I was drinking the cold brew, then it would have went the other way. But that was for uh, for Rahel Bat Mazal Fortuna. Bezat Hashem, Nishama should have an Aliyah in Gan Eden, inshallah. Amen. So, Rabotai, what is an example of this concept? So I still remember sitting uh, in England in one of my uh, in one of my cla- in one of my uh, Shabbat meals, and as we're sitting at the Shabbat table, uh, we go to the kitchen to do the washing for Nitilat Yadayim. We had all sorts of people that used to come to us for Shabbat, Rabotai. We had people who never kept Shabbat in their life. We had people who didn't know what Shabbat was. I still remember asking one of these kids that was on the program with us. I said, "What do you know about Judaism?" She said, "Judaism." That's the one with Jesus, isn't it? That was what she knew. That's the one with Jesus. I said, ironically, it was the one with Jesus. We actually, you know, he was Jewish initially, but he's just not in the prophet business for us, okay? Now, I I just want to say that this girl, she came to the house, she sits down, we make kiddush, everyone got up now to go wash, and she walked outside. We hear the door close. All of a sudden, I'm in the kitchen with my wife. I hear the sound of the door opening. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh gosh, maybe it's one of my kids leaving, go walking out the door. So I poke my head out, and as I poke my head out, I, I'm in time to hear this conversation. My three-year-old daughter and this young woman. This young woman is standing right outside the door of my house on the phone. So my daughter says, you're not allowed to do that on Shabbat. So the, the girl says, no, no, it's fine, because I'm calling my mother. So my daughter says, even if you're calling your mother, you're still not allowed to call on Shabbat. Not allowed. You're not allowed. It's a avera. <laughs> I'm thinking Shema Israel. <laughs> you know? Shema Israel. I'm sitting there flipping out. Like, you know, you're trying to make them feel welcome. You're trying to this. And she's, and the girl says to her, it killed me. She goes, you're right. I guess I must be a bad Jew. Oh! I wait till the door closes. I say, call my daughter. And I was like, come on. You know, you don't understand that they never learned about Shabbat. They didn't have Shabbat at home. Their parents never taught them about Shabbat. They're coming here for the first time. We're supposed to show them how beautiful Shabbat is. 
because they never learned from their father, from their mother, what Shabbat was. So instead of telling them and yelling at them and screaming at them, maybe just kind of make them feel good about the parts of Shabbat that they are doing. My daughter's like, oh. You know when you think you get something across to your children? And you know when you're horribly wrong? <laughs> so I go back into the kitchen, I'm thinking to myself, that was a teachable moment. Patting my own self on the back, right? All of a sudden I hear the door open again, and I hear my daughter say, my parents said that your mother doesn't know anything about Shabbat. <laughs> She bifflets, you know? Here you are trying to be, to guard the mitzvah, right? But because you didn't think about all the angles, what wound up happening is that you made the situation a thousand times worse. Rabotai, and this is what I always ask. You ever sit down for two minutes at, uh, what's it called, before you want to buy your wife an anniversary present? So you think, how are you going to do it? You're going to propose. How are you going to propose? Where's it going to be? Where's she going to come? Which angle? Where's she going to? I don't want her to see. Make sure you tell everyone in the family not that they, you don't involve her mother because you know her mother's going to spill the beans. Right? You know, you have a whole plan to make sure things work out. When something's important to us, not only do we do the item itself, we make sure to do all, each and everything around the mitzvah as well. Because we're worried that if we don't cover all the bases, not only won't we have the extra credit of a mitzvah, but it might be pogem in the mitzvah itself. Rabotai, I think maybe that is one of the interpretations of the opening of the parasha. Vehaya ekev tishmu'un. And our rabbis are doresh on the word ekev. Ekev along with meaning because it could also mean a person's heel. If a person does the mitzvot, that a people, people are dash be'akevav or be'kvehem, that people step on with their heels, then he's going to get all these berachot that we have. By the way, amazing berachot. So all the mifarshim ask, one second, what are we talking about? Which mitzvot are there that are small? You know what I'm reminded of? The pasuk tells us, ha'achat ahuvav ha'achat sinu'ah. It tells us over there. It tells us also in another place, the person sees hamor sonacha. You see the donkey of the one that you hate. Asks the Gemara, which Jew do you hate? Now that I hate a Jew, says Tosafot on the Gemara, what's it talking about? A Rasha. Tosafot says, I have to help the Rasha with his donkey first. Why? Because the bad midot, etc., etc., etc. You're going to do to him, he's going to do back to you. We're not going to get into that today. But Rabotai, the Gemara asks a question. How could it be that we call somebody uh, uh, a hated person? In Judaism, there's nobody that's hated. The same question I'll ask you over here. Judging the Torah by its own language, right? Why would the Torah say the small mitzvot if there aren't mitzvot that are small? The mitzvot that a person is dash be'akevav. Why would the Torah talk about such a thing? There aren't any such mitzvot. There's only the mitzvot that you do and the mitzvot that you don't do. So I want to give you two answers to this. And this is a fascinating thing that a person should know. Number one. When there are mitzvot that are being neglected by other people. It's almost as if each mitzvah has a tremendous amount of beracha stored in it. The less people that are taking beracha from that mitzvah, the more there is for the person that comes along and does that mitzvah. One of the most beautiful things I ever saw from Am Yisrael is something called um, Mordechai, Limud Mordechai HaTzadik. What is this Limud Mordechai HaTzadik? On Purim afternoon, when every single Jew is running around with Mishloach Manot and this, and costumes and this, somebody realized, one second, nobody's learning Torah. The whole world 
Nobody's learning Torah. It's Purim. So he said, what does the Pasuk say? Ilav, right? If not for the Torah itself, we got to find a way of bringing Torah. The guy who learned on Purim when no one's learning, you know what kind of reward he gets for that? So number one first answer is, mitzvah dash It doesn't mean the mitzvah is any smaller. The biggest mitzvot actually could be mitzvot that people step on. What's the classic example of a mitzvah that is in the highest heights? It's not a small mitzvah, but it's a mitzvah that people step on. Tefillah. It's not, I didn't say it. It's not like the rabbi telling you, screaming at you, because you didn't come, because you came and you spoke, because you came and you spoke, or you texted. No. The Gemara already says it. Kirum zulut adam says the Gemara. What's a davar? It's omed birumoshel olam, and people are mizalzalimbo. Something that stands in the highest heights. What is it? That's tefillah. Tefillah is something that's in the highest heights, and yet people are mizalzal, they make it cheap. So that's an example of ekev, something that's dashpa akevav. And perhaps it's the reason that the Gemara says, kirum zulut b'nei adam, that's why tefillah is so powerful, because it's not respected in the way that it should, and therefore anyone that wants, like we say, yavovito, let him come and take the sakha. The second idea, and we'll end with this, Rabotai, is, uh, uh, is the concept that we began with. We're not talking here necessarily about mitzvot. We're talking about the mitzvot that a person is dash be'akevav. What does that mean? There was once a rabbi, his name was Rabbi Diskin. His father died when he set up an orphanage for the children. And they saw him standing outside after the shiva, about to take over the helm of the yeshiva. He's walking in and he's crying. Someone says to him, why are you crying? Your father did such wonderful things, such a tamid chacham. And now you're walking into this building, you're going to take over. Don't cry, you should be very proud. He says, that's not why I'm crying. I'm not crying about my father. I'm not crying about any of that. He says, when a carpenter, he saws wood, what happens to all the bits that he's not paying attention to? The sawdust, the, the bottom piece of wood. He says he does not care. If it falls down, he steps on, he steps on them. That's exactly. Today, we're, we're, much, we're much more conscious of, uh, of waste. Yeah. They can't. They turn them into MDF. Yeah. There's even something today called wonky. Have you guys seen it? I don't know if it's only in England. Wonky fruit and veg. All the fruits and vegetable that were like a weird shape, they were throwing out because it wasn't ra'ui for the market. But it's 100% good. So they were throwing all this out, and there's people starving. So they started this whole movement called wonky. Wonky. In America, it's called misfit. Beautiful. It's such a beautiful idea, and it fits so beautifully with Torah concepts of, of Bal Tashkit. So listen to this. He's standing outside crying. He says, why? He says, when a carpenter is shake cuts, what happens to the shavings? What happens to the extra bit that he's not paying attention? He steps on it in his workshop. A guy was cutting glass. What happens to the extra pieces? He steps on it. The bit that you're not paying attention to in your product at work, you wind up stepping on. He says, but I deal in the nishamot of Jewish children. What happens when I'm paying attention to one? and not paying attention to the other, God forbid I could step on the nishamot of Jewish children. What a beautiful way to think about this concept of dash be'akevav. Not even a mitzvah that you're trying to step on, but a mitzvah that perhaps, you know, like you went out and you bought a $5,000 lavender trog, and you bought a beautiful mitzvah, but you stepped all over the mitzvah of yuhara, of ga'ava, of, uh, of arrogance. 
you're hand, throwing your hand up to give a donation, but it's not done with humility. You want to outdo everybody else in the room. That's an example of a mitzvah that I did. I was intending on doing a mitzvah, but I wasn't careful enough to guard the other mitzvah. And somehow I trample all over another mitzvah on the way to achieve uh, 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 the one that I'm dealing with, the one that I'm focusing on in that moment. Let's say someone wants to give a shi'ur Torah and someone in the corner is sitting there and he's praying and they go, hey, hey, what are you doing? Shush, can't you see we're learning here? What a, what a dib. The whole shi'ur straight in the garbage. Why? Because you proved that not a single word of what you said was true. If Torah sensitizes, if Torah brings a person to Derech Eretz, brings a person to Midot, and you started the shi'ur that way, Better you stayed home, you slept in your bed, and you didn't embarrass anyone publicly. May we be zocheh be'ezat Hashem, to have a dual focus, to be able to, at the same time that we're focusing on one mitzvah, also notice the people alongside. May we be zocheh be'ezat Hashem, also to find the mitzvot that are not, that are untapped reservoirs of beracha, and through that bring wonderful things into our lives and the lives of the ones that we love. Baruch Adonai Lohlam, Amen v'Amen, Rabbi Hanaya ben Agasha Omer, Tzakul Moza, Fikov Adem, Trobzot, Nehmer, Fatsi, Gonsi, 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 Gon